Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 110 of the Tutor Podcast. We're trying to talk uncommon sense there to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching and coaching business. This week I want to talk about the help that's available to us tutors from the government in the current epidemic, scare, conspiracy, you know, filling out whatever you want in there. I know what I think and it ain't what the mainstream says. So I've been wondering exactly how the government's uh, interventions will impact on us as as tutors. I'm a tutor who works alone. I work from home, so I don't have business premises. And I'm a director of a limited company. So I've got a few questions that need resolving. Now, according to the latest uh, news over the weekend, there's been a bit of clarity at last about the job retention scheme and whether company directors like myself are allowed to be furloughed. Now, it has been confirmed that company directors can be furloughed if they're unable to trade due to COVID-19. Up till now, this was sort of in doubt as to the exact requirements for furloughing an employee and the, the clear position appears to be they can't do any work for the organisation. Now, as a sole trader with his own company, sorry, as a sole director of a limited company, that's a really big deal for me because I'll still have some duties within the company which need to be taken care of and I'll always be thinking strategically about how to go forward. So it's been a something of a unresolved question for me but this is what the guidance seems to say now when furlough directors need to carry out particular duties to fulfill statutory obligations that they owe to their company they can do that but they must do no more than they would reasonably be judged necessary for the purpose so they shouldn't do any work of any kind that carry out in normal circumstances to generate revenue, serve their customers for themselves or on behalf of the company. Now, that's just crazy. Now, the amount of the government grant on furlough is only going to be 80% of the current salary. And if you're working to the, the recommendations of your accountant, you should be pulling £719 a month out because that sits you very well within the tax structure. Go talk to your accountant if you don't understand this. I don't want to get into it now. So 80% of that is £575.20. That's not a lot of money, is it? But in order to get that, you've got to comply with the following guidelines. You can't raise invoices for work that you're doing. You can only raise invoices for work that's already been completed. If you're still generating income of any sort, you cannot be furloughed. So therefore, if you're teaching one session online, you can't claim furlough. 
No new income can be invoiced or received during the furlough period. But you can get paid for work you've done before being furloughed. That's okay. Now, if you get new work, you can come out of furlough in order to complete this. But be aware though, the minimum period for which you can be furloughed is three weeks. And therefore, you probably won't be able to claim from the government if your furlough period is less than this. You can't make or take any phone calls looking for work. So if you're reaching out to new markets, you're trying to recruit new customers, you're trying to rejig your business model, for me, that's been going online, then you can't be furloughed. Meh. So the next thing you can do is answer any basic queries from staff or your suppliers. So I don't know whether that works for customers too whether it's just to say, no, we're not doing anything. Uh, that still remains a gray area for me. You are allowed to file your VAT return, unsurprisingly, your annual return to company's house or, or your annual accounts. That's okay because you're jumping through hoops for the government. They'll let you do that. They don't mind you doing that when you're furloughed. So in other words, you can't do any work, but you can still act as an unpaid tax collector for the government. One of the things that you can do without messing up your furlough status is keep up to date with your bookkeeping, your banking, your bills, your accounting. That's okay. Obviously, as we get more clarity from the government, then we'll try and keep that updated. Now, there's something that's offered out here is the job retention scheme. So I've got a bit of an update, maybe a clarification on that, because they actually came out of the weekend and got a little bit more clear with it. Right. What can we claim? We can claim for any regular payments we're obliged to pay to any employees that we may have. That includes wages, past overtime, fees, compulsory commission payments. But if you pay any discretionary bonuses, including tips, commission payments, and non-cash payments, you can't claim for them. Tough. So what can we get our employees to do if we have them? Absolutely nothing. The employee can't do any work, not even posts, phone calls, emails, whilst they're furloughed. If they're studying, if, if we're allowing them any study time or pursuing personal development stuff, that's okay. You can't, under furlough scheme, reduce your hours and furlough the difference. So if you're working 40 hours a week and you go down to 20, you can't take a 20-20 split. 20 hours work, 20 hours furlough, not allowed, sorry. Uh, employees, if you have them, if they're going a short time, you can't partially furlough them, it's all or nothing. If we're forced to go look for work for someone else or our employees are, according to the updated guidelines, we can go look for another job. But, and there's always a but, under the terms of the furlough agreement, we can call them back to work for us. And if we're called and don't attend, it will need to be treated as unauthorised, unpaid leave. So the one that really held out a little bit of hope for some folks would be the Small Business Grant Fund. Now, this is the idea where small businesses could get a £10,000 payment and for some of us, 
that's going to work for some of us it ain't going to work and i'll i'll just share with you the outlines of what i understand the scheme now under the small business grant fund all eligible businesses in england receive a ten thousand pound payment provided or if you like but provided they are paying business rates if you're not in the business rate system like say for myself i'm working from home because i rent space to my company under a non-exclusive license agreement because it's tax efficient and it works um, i'm outside of the the business rating system therefore i get jack absolutely nothing now under the under the retail hospitality and leisure grant then eligible businesses in england who are in receipt of the expanded retail discount which is retail hospitality and leisure would have a rateable value less than fifty-one thousand pound will be eligible for a cash grant of 10 grand or 25 grand a property mm, not really in that sector but i'm just putting it out there eligible businesses in those sectors with property that's a rateable value up to and including 15 grand will receive a grant of ten thousand pounds a little bit more on those sectors if the property has a rateable value over 15,000, but less than 51,000, they'll receive a grant of 25,000 pound. Businesses with a rateable value of 51,000 pound or over are not eligible for that scheme. So if you happen to own the office block you're in with a rateable value of more than 51,000 pound, tough, you get nothing. So just to recap and summarize that, if you're not in the business rate system, the small business grant fund doesn't apply to you. Most local authorities, though, have been getting in touch with the businesses who are paying business rates to talk to them directly about the grant. So that's at least a positive. I'll put some links in the bottom of the the podcast notes for this for you guys. Now, what about staying at home then? My own personal view is that this is a sneaky way of putting everybody under house arrest and subjecting us to total surveillance and state control. But that probably makes me a cynic or a realist depending on your point of view i think there's something very sinister about all this but i'll try and park that over to one side i'll just let you mull on that so the section on staying home from the guides is in essence you can travel for work purposes but only where you cannot work from home with the exception of organisations covered in the section on closing certain businesses and venues, pubs, clubs, restaurants, etc., the government hasn't required any other business to close. They say it's important for business to carry on. Now, I don't know how they think we're going to do that, but since when has government really traded on common sense? It hasn't, and it certainly hasn't recognised the vast number of sole traders and sole practitioners like myself and probably like you, who were trying to make it on their own. So it says here, employers and employees should discuss working arrangements and employers should take every step to facilitate all their employees working from home, providing suitable IT and equipment to enable remote working. So they're throwing the cost of extra computers and information technology onto the employers. Very nice, thanks government. Obviously, that ain't going to be possible all the time. Not everybody can work from home. And certain jobs do require people to travel to and from for work. 
So maybe construction workers, people working in manufacturing, delivering services, they have to travel to, from and for work. If you can't work from home, you can still travel for work purposes, provided you're not showing coronavirus symptoms. Now, coronavirus symptoms are flu-like. So if you've got a sniffle, which is very common because this is basically coming out of flu season, then, sorry, mate, stay home, stay in prison. Don't go make a living. Screw you. That seems to be the government's attitude. Neither you or any member of your household are self-isolating, then you can still travel. This is consistent with the advice of the chief medical officer who is providing over this farce. If your people in your office are on site, should ensure that they're all able to follow public health guidelines, including, where possible, maintaining two metres distance from other people, washing their hands with soap and water, often for at least 20 seconds. It's a bit Howard uses this. Or using antiseptic hand sanitizer gel if you can't get your hands on soap and water. Now, you can go out and work in other people's homes. For example, if you're a tradesperson, a plumber, electrician, carrying out repairs and maintenance, that can continue. Providing that you're well and you don't have any symptoms. I don't know how that will impact us as tutors. My students are following the government guidelines. They all want to stay home. Nobody wants me to go visit them and they don't want to come here. Uh, some of them are said because they don't want to be arrested. So there's a lot of odd ideas floating around at the moment. But you know, you'll make your own mind up about the situation. So go in, do the work, but stay two metres away from any household occupants. Uh, you can't really do that. Certainly I'm a guitar teacher. If you're working with your students close, that's not going to happen. You must not carry out any work in a household that's self-isolating or when individuals being shielded, unless it's a remedy, a direct safety risk to the safety of the household and its occupants, i.e. things like emergency plumbing, electrical repairs, and it's only where the tradesman's willing to do so. So we're tradespeople, I guess, in this context. It's, you know, teaching guitar, teaching maths, whatever. It's not emergency work. You can get more advice on that one from Public Health England. Now, assuming this virus thing is actually real and not a big blown-up scare, then it would make common sense that this line works. It's this. No work should be carried out by a tradesperson who has coronavirus symptoms, however mild. Think about this. This is such a broad spectrum thing and the symptoms are so poorly defined for this coronavirus that anyone who has a runny nose, a bit of a cough, um, no work, sorry mate. So the big takeout from, for this week for me is that I have a tax efficient business, I'm not in the rate system, I work for myself, I'm going to keep on working and find my own way out of this. As I said before many times on the Tudor podcast, nobody's coming to the rescue. The government don't want to know. They've thrown us out. We have to make it on our own because you've got no choice, guys. A lot of this information, by the way, is, is 
based on an update provided by the Musical Instruments Association. These are a, a trade body that uh, represent the musical instrument industry. Good source of information. Uh, I will post a link to that update on the show notes here. So, make it happen for yourself, guys. The government's going to do basically bugger all for me. Chances are it's going to do bugger all for you too. Look for your way forward and don't think anybody's going to come and pull you out of this because you and me as independents thinking for ourselves, providing great help and service for our customers, our students, we're on our own and we got to make it happen. Join me next week on the Tutor Podcast where I'm going to be talking about something I learned from Warren Buffett, possibly the most famous investor in the world. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's a, it's a real short show too, so that'll be great. So get in touch. Let me know how you're getting on in this. I know it's an overused word at the moment, unprecedented period of your life. If any of this helps you as much as it's helped me doing the research, then it's been of use and it's been worth the time. Let me know what you think because I'm listening. I want to learn from you guys. I want to help you if I can, because I think there is a way forward and we can all keep on making it happen for ourselves as we we grow and love and continue our tutoring businesses with absolutely no support from anyone else. We can make it happen for ourselves, guys. Get in touch. It's info at and you will find me on Twitter if you go to at Tutor Podcast. So, Hit the subscribe button for the Tutor Podcast and you get the latest updates as soon as they're live. And we'd better wrap up we'd better wrap up for today. So join me next time when it's all about how to start, grow, and keep on loving your continuing tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.